All right. Welcome to the Real Conversations podcast. I am your host, Kelly Scar, and today we have a a good, a, an old friend, an old friend. I've known this guy for quite a few years. I'm going to, I got to remind you of something, man. I'm going to bring it back. I don't know if you remember this or not. It's kind of how, how we met, how I was in, introduced to you. I don't know if maybe I talked to you about this on a previous podcast, but we'll get there. So as always, I'm going to go through the bio and then we're going to jump into the conversation. So uh, we have my friend Adam Bailey on the podcast today. Adam Bailey was born and raised in Wichita, Kansas. He has a strong entrepreneurial spirit and a get it, get it done right the first time mentality. Adam's former team closed 5,811 homes in six years and built a resource call center. Ranked ninth to 12th in the nation from 2012 to 2017, according to the Wall Street Journal for units closed. Spotted on Inc. 5000 list, he now is so focused solely on helping others achieve passive income through real estate team building. He has built a new international modern team of 700 agents in 24 different markets, I believe including Canada, in the mm -hmm. last two years. When Adam is not helping others, he loves to play soccer, poker, camp, fish, and spend time with family and friends. Simply put, success is not a destination, but rather a journey paved with some pebble stones of learning lessons. Who said that, man? That's a great quote. I can't remember, but it's so true. <laughs> it is. I love it. You know, that's one of my, one of my wife's favorite, uh, favorite say sayings is the journey is, is the destination, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. So, I, we'll get into the past in, in just a second, but I'll just remind you of this. I remember walking into a bar in South Carolina. This is like 2013 or 2014. And I remember you coming up to me and you're like, hey, you're Kelly, right? And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you said, uh, hey, I heard you don't like me, man. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't even know this guy. Don't like you. I don't like you. I go, I don't even know you, man. Like, what, what, what is this? What's this all what, about? What, what year was that again? Uh, it was like, I think 2013, 2014, it was a Boomtown conference. It probably, yeah, it was probably at Stars, that rooftop bar. We've had that's some right, it was. That's legend, exactly right. legendary parties there. So Yeah, that's right, man. Oh, so, so funny. Anyway, so fast forward, man. I mean, like that's, you know, six years later, but let's, let's do this first. I, I want to dig back into the, into the past a little bit and mm -hmm. get back into you know, the days where, where you guys had, uh, it was a select homes team in, in, in Kansas, right? Yep. Wichita, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you had select homes. What, what did you do? Like, what were you doing before real estate? <clears throat> right. So uh, I'm actually just in my 10th year in real estate this year. I've definitely uh, built quite a resume. Uh, you know, before I jumped into real estate, I started an insurance agency uh, selling supplemental insurance with, with Aflac at the age of 22 or, or 23, uh, I was working in a call center, uh, which was MCI at the time where I don't know if you remember back in the days, like local and long distance was separate bills. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I was selling long distance to businesses, business to businesses. And it's making really good money as a young, young guy. MCI had about 300 employees here. Um, then I moved into managing like what is considered a bay and uh, did that for about a year before uh, they went into chapter 11 uh, bankruptcy. And, uh, <clears throat> and I was just like, you know, I felt so helpless. I was like, I never want to leave my future and any, anyone else's like hands or, or decision-making process. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so Aflac had a booth set up, like they did a fair, you know, trying to find everybody, you know, new jobs and stuff like that. Um, and I don't know if jumping into insurance was the smartest thing I did or, or the dumbest thing I did. I was still going, uh, took a little bit of time off from high after high school and then started going back to college. So I was going back to college and, you know, then, you know, started selling, you know, selling insurance, became self-employed and only made $11,000 that first year. Um, and it, it was tough. And I ended up jump, you know, dropping out of college and just giving it everything I have, you know, working day and night and started really applying what I learned in that call center to uh, insurance. Uh, everybody was so operating with that old mentality when I would go to these, you know, huddles or, or meetings, you know, inside of Aflac's, you know, office, they would just say, blow into 40 businesses and drop business cards off and, you know, try to speak with a decision maker. And when you're 22, 23 years old, how many people are going to let some young punk kid manage their, you know, insurance, right? So, yeah. you know, it was pretty, it was pretty tough. And so I just needed more at bats. Um, and so 
I started going, I can't remember what the resource was, but there was some government data that you could only access. You can't even access it now. You got to pay for it and you apply and do some other stuff. But I was able to segment businesses, employee size, how much income they brought in, industries. And so I um, was augmenting data. And then uh, this was this was like back in, geez, this was like almost 15 years ago. I found somebody that had built a, a dialer. Like we all know that in real wow. estate today. And so I found somebody that had built a single line dialer and I started uploading data in, into a dialer, you know, 14, 15 years ago and really sifting and sorting it. And, and instead of like hitting 40 businesses in a suit or whatever, I was prospecting and, and being able to get in the door to be able to pitch business owners. And then uh, I, once I was able to do that, it, um, it was pretty clear that I had to build a team around me because I could get into the, the decision makers, uh, calendar. But he, I, when I showed up, they're like, how did you even get an appointment? Right. And <laughs> one guy was like, you're not going to be in business a year from now. He's like, if you're still in business a year from now, I'll give you, you know, my account. Um, and so <clears throat> I was struggling, obviously I only made 11,000. So that was pretty smart. I started splitting business. And so I, all these old dogs making a lot of money, sitting around telling stories, you know, collecting their residual income off, off insurance. And I would tell them, hey, we're, I got a manufacturing account with 70 employees. If you come in here and pitch it and close it, let's split the business 50-50. And so then I would shadow them and then I was learning because I could get us into the door. Um, so I did that for about five years. I uh, ended up getting licensed in a couple other states covering Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma. I uh, was doing really well in my, in my fifth year and in the market crash, 08, 09. And I was still running around trying to service accounts and stuff like that. But nobody was rehiring employees to write new policies. And, and that was my bread and butter was through payroll deduction, not selling direct policies. And so <clears throat> I just said, this isn't what I want to be doing five years from now, uh, similar to how we're awarded, you know, stock in the current company that I'm with now. Aflac did the same thing by just doing your job. You're awarded uh, certain shares um, by hitting key performance indicators. Um, and over five years, I was fully invested with Aflac, so I cashed out all my stock. Um, took a year off. Um, nobody was really hiring, and so I was vetting out all types of opportunities. I was looking at going back and getting a job, and then a guy by the name of Mike Gerbic. Um, he was all over the radio and just broke away from Prudential, started independent brokerage probably, you know, six, nine months previous to that. And uh, right. he had like five to seven people on his team at that time and was pitching me on coming in you know, building this mega team with him. And so I was fully ego and I was like, real estate's caused the, the crash that we're all in now and everybody was getting out of it. Um, and so I was like, I don't know if that's a, a good you know, opportunity. And then I was like, why wouldn't I just do it on my own? So I just kind of started shadowing. Well, it's like what him. Buffett says, right? It's like what Buffett says, right? When everybody's running away, you run but, towards. So. But when you're a 28 year old kid, I mean, like you, yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't know anything. I was 27, I think, at that time. So I started shadowing him. Um, and um, you know what's interesting? Said, you know, you know what's interesting is is the fact that that you you were able to pivot. You were making eleven thousand dollars a year selling my insurance my, my first year first year and you recognized you you even at that such a young age you you still had the business sense and the foresight right. to look at what you were doing what other people weren't doing right right and and kind of not really hack the system but figure out a better way of doing things i, I think this is this is a really relevant conversation today mm -hmm. because this mm -hmm. is exactly what's going on right now you know, I, I keep having these conversations with a lot of people and I keep telling people like, you know, in order to be able to survive what's going on right now, this pandemic, you know, a drop off of listings, a drop off of sales, a drop right. off of buyers, drop off of sellers, you're right. going to have to pivot. You're right. going to have to, and, if, and maybe, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, we pivoted, you know, a year ago. I mean, okay, that's great. But you know, a lot of people didn't have that, that ingenuity. Well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily know if we have to pivot right now. I mean, I, I, I do think you have to tweak your strategy a little bit, uh, for sure. Um, you know, for, for me, like the coaching wasn't working. The good old boy network is how all these other people got rich. 
Um, and none of the new associates was really like taking off, like building anything for themselves, unless a bunch of accounts was given to them to service. Right. And so me coming from MCI, I was just like, how can I apply my past experience, you know, with Affleck and, and then when I came into insurance or came into real estate, IDX feeds were just coming out. Like we just had Tiger leads. Boomtown was just getting going. Commissions Inc. was a struggling, you know, up and uh, scrappy startup company. Um, and, you know, Gerbic got me down to, uh, it was a mastermind or something like that. And a guy from the stage said, whoever could generate thousands of internet leads might be able to build a call center off of this. And, and I was still shadowing him i wasn't i wasn't even fully licensed yet i was working on some marketing i was working on some mailing programs working on you know how to he only was generating 1200 you know leads a year through his you know old website right not tied to idx feed and yeah. so then i started doing research we launched with boomtown next thing you know we're generating a thousand to fifteen hundred leads a month back in month. 2010 and i said let's get a call center and let's get somebody licensed to sit here and, and focus and that was innovating back you know, t 10 years ago. And I, I, I would say he had to change his strategy then because it was all radio. It was just a listing business. And it's, you know, it, it's something that people are experiencing right now to, to be relevant in today's times. I've been on tons of coaching calls, um, tons of team lead calls with, with my group of 700 agents. Um, and everybody's busy as hell. So if you're willing to work and you're willing to change your strategy up just a little bit, the business is there still to be serviced. I mean, nobody's really answering their phones right now. Nobody's really, you know, in that proactive state. And um, if you're willing to get out here and, and uh, change your strategy a little bit, the business is there, whether you're using, you know, virtual, um, you know, showings, virtual listings, my partner in Missouri, I mean, he's a, he closed right under 500 homes last year. Um, he grew from 200 closings to almost 500 in one year. You know, working with me and then you know he was telling me that he's been doing these virtual tours um and eight eight of them that he did in a row he pinned five of them so wow. I mean, it's just changing changing the strategy a little bit yeah it's a strategy it's the innovation it's just doing things that haven't really been done before right and uh you know still having those conversations with us i mean you know the crazy thing is that people are actually at home now and they're probably more apt to actually pick up the phone um, if you're making those calls, they're probably going to pick up the phone rather than they're, you know, my wife and I were having this conversation the other day. Like, it just seems like the rat race is like slowed right down, right? Life is just, it hasn't come to a halt, but it's just slowed down for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a mindset uh, problem, if you ask me. I mean, the people that are proactive and working, we have more business than we can handle right now. Uh, there's right. a one of my partners, I actually just announced him uh, on Facebook a couple of days ago, but he's been in since November. His business has tripled since he's with us. And he was you know, on our team lead call, our ownership call. And I have uh, a couple of owners that were struggling with, you know, setting buyer appointments uh, in the climate because they were sticking to their same dialogue, their same script. And uh, this guy was like, well, I've set 26 lender appointments in the last 10 days. And, and wow. so it was like, well, what did you change with your ISAs? And he changed um, just some key words to like stimulus package, uh, new loan programs that's available during this uh, coronavirus um, right. and, and, and still getting people to take action, to speak with the lender, to do buyer consultations through Zooms and, and to be able to get yeah. you know, buyer consultations signed through, through digital signatures and stuff like that, right? Um, right. And, and so then some of the people that were struggling with converting their buyers or getting them to move through their funnel or speak with a co-marketing partner uh, just made some small tweaks in their intro and, and their, their offer structure of the call. And then the, just the feedback from uh, us kind of talking about that a week ago, the same people that were struggling now have set four or five buyer appointments over the last week. And so coming right. from a place of empathy and just really being optimized to these times and, and really tying that anchor around that offer, I think people are still willing to go through a process. Yeah, that's important, man. I, th I think bringing empathy back into business, uh, you know, I, my, the first podcast that I did was bringing humanity back into sales. And I think it's absolutely the case right now. Mm -hmm. um, let, let's go back to, let's go back to your story, you know, hooking up with Gerbic and, yep. and you guys are, you know, you're, you, you know, you get the Boomtown platform, you're generating, you know, 1200, 1500 leads a month now, and as opposed to a year, yeah. um, you know, tell me about the growth. Like, how did that happen? How did you attract the right people? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what was your, actually, what was your role with in the organization to begin right. with and then where did it go it, yeah it constantly changed i mean 
people really connect to my story. You, you followed me for a long time and, and seen what you know, I've done. Uh, you know, before I got my license, I was just making 300 bucks a week because I was the ISA setting right. pre-qualified buyer appointments and pre-qualified listing appointments uh, for the seven agents. Um, and I was getting paid a hundred bucks per confirmed appointment. And it was around three or 400 bucks a week. And then I went on and I saw a huge opportunity because in insurance is very savvy. Seems like you're just, you know, rolling with a bunch of sharks. The cash conversion cycle is longer. Open enrollment for, uh, for a pitch is only once a year. And so you have to do tons of follow-up just to get your one shot. And I just thought insurance had a lot of lazy people in it and they weren't consistent for the type of money that was being made. So I went and got my license. I committed and he continued to pay me to you know, convert appointments. And then I was generating business for myself. Um, and I think my first year I sold 24, 25 houses back in 2010. Um, you know, hired her first ISA. Uh, she was a licensed agent, been in the business a long time. She was a mother. Uh, she, she, uh, you know, wasn't looking to work nights and weekends. She wanted to, you know, just kind of, you know, she just still wanted to be involved in real estate. Um, she was very coachable, even for being in the industry. Her and I had great chemistry. Um, and then, you know, I got that thing up and going with her. And then uh, she ended up wanting to become an agent and, and her, you know, kids, you know, become a little bit older after a year or two. And, and then, and then that was when I really dealt with turnover, trying to find the right person to sit on the right seat of the bus. Um, and so I, you know, I found it took about three hires. Um, even if I was hiring correct to the disc profile and all that fun stuff, it took me about three ISAs to get one to stick. Um, right. And then I found, you know, one that ended up being with me for about five years. She ended up becoming my lead ISA. Then we just ended up duplicating the ISAs and we consistently had anywhere five to seven ISAs. We ran uh, three different shifts, open 12 hours a day with live chat after 90 days and went and got licensed. Um, and we were consistently kicking out, you know, 100 to 150 pre-qualified buyer appointments, which means they're already pre-approved with our co-marketing person or we had confirmed that they're pre-approved or uh, pre-qualified listing appointments. Uh, sold 350 houses in 2010, 2011 wow. sold 388. About a year and a half of into you know messing with the call center, you know we really got it dialed in. Uh, I, it wasn't like a, we just all of a sudden was successful. I think I lost right. almost ninety to a hundred thousand dollars of Gerbic's money, and and I can and I you know I can remember him. Um, he was going. He, he was just you know getting married or you know just got married and was going on his honeymoon and going to Disneyland. And he called me into his office and he's like, "Hey man, I believe in you and I believe in this call center stuff and and." Um, and it's all like back in 2010, 2011, when nobody even believed really in teams or knew, even knew what an ISA was. And he said, right. you know, look, I've lost 90,000, almost a hundred thousand. If you don't get this predictable over the next couple of weeks, then, uh, we're gonna pull the plug when, when, when I get back. And I think we're about nine, 10 months into this. And this is how I understood cash conversion cycles. And you hear all these CRMs say there's an incubation and nurturing process of six months to to yes. nine months with the buyer stuff and nine to 15 months with the seller leads. We yeah. fig I figured that out uh, the hard way. And I swear we were right at that nine, 10 month mark. And then things started coming back out of trash and out of archive because we were just prospecting people. Are you ready to buy or sell a home? No, right. no. But we didn't understand the, the psychological funnel, not just the CRM funnel that people went through, through the dream stage, <clears throat> information gathering stage, actively looking and purchasing stage through that, that timeline that, mm. that, that, that we hear about, right? And then, so I started spot checking the data, like, well, what changed or whatever. And then that's when I said, oh, there's a psychological funnel here where people just don't go to the internet, register and buy. They're just looking, they're just right. dreaming about what area they want to live in. And then, well, it's like walking into the, walking into the clothing store, right? right. And, and, and right. The, the person at the clothing store says, Hey, can I help you? And you're like, no, I'm just looking. And then yeah. 10 minutes later, it's like, Hey, have you got this in you know, yeah. my size? Right. Yeah. Same, same. So we went. Yeah, so we went from 300. This is and this is just the power of uh, of the nurturing process and figuring it out. We went from 388 homes sold to 688 just that year. And then Mike was like, "You're brilliant," and we kept we just kept it rolling. And then um, you know that was almost 75 percent growth in from 2011 to 2012. Uh, you know, shot us up uh, being close to a top 10 real estate team in the nation at that time. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. And then you know, I made this outlandish 
claim in um, 2012 that we were going to sell a thousand houses a year with a small league group of people started getting people's attention, you know, through the boomtown community and throughout the real estate industry. Who's this kid? And, uh, you know, I got a plaque sent over there in 2014. I think we went from 688 homes closed to 853 in 2013. And then in 2014, uh, you know, I worked my way out of the field in 2013 because we were blowing, blowing up so fast. And, and, right. and so Mike stepped out of the business and uh, turned over operations, the, the call center. Um, you know, I ended up becoming a top agent on the team and, and, and was coaching all the agents. So, I mean, he pretty much just turned over the whole operations to myself and I worked my way out of the field. And then you know, we closed 951 homes in 2014 um, and you know, started opening expansion offices in 14 and then uh, in 2015, closed 1,000 houses just with our Wichita branch. And, and I think wow. uh, it took us nine years to build up to 90 agents um, and five different brick and mortar uh, offices and four, four markets uh, in that time of running it. So, yeah. Right. So, you, I mean, you, you really, so you said something really interesting here a, a few minutes ago, and that was it took you three hires to find that one ISA, yep. right? So this is what I want people to understand is that like you guys' success, like you said, was not built overnight. Like it didn't, it didn't go from, you know, 2010 when you joined them to, you know, 350 homes sold to, you mm -hmm. know, 2015 selling over a thousand homes. That took five years. It right. took five years. It took you, you know, the, the ability to re go and recruit the right 90 agents, right? The Mike having the, the, uh, the vision and the, the trust uh, that mm -hmm. he saw in you to put you in the right spot. Right. It's, you know, like you said earlier, it's about putting the right people in the right, right. spots on the bus, right? Right. What, what the, what the ISAs, um, there's a lot of chemistry that goes into it and you got to find people that are complacent. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, I get asked all the time cause we ran a coaching company where people could shadow our, um, our calls and listen to live and direct and see how we're managing the data, listen to the call in real life time, ask questions afterwards. And people always ask me why why are all the women um, ISAs and that was just who I could find to get licensed and it was typically the moms wanted to be at home and play that motherly role at, and that wife role at night and on the weekends um, and, and so <clears throat> yeah you, you you know you gotta you know I was trying to hire people just like myself a high D personality uh, and a driver but they quickly want to evolve into an agent or they right. don't they don't want to follow processes or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, the 90 people wasn't 90 agents. That was our whole operation with all of our wow. markets. We probably were, were yeah. really around 60 some agents with all markets, but selling a thousand houses a year was with about 20, 25 agents. And that was just out of the Wichita market. That's not counting the units with our expansion teams or, or any of that stuff. And, you know, once we grew by 75%, we dialed in the, the, um, the call center, we consistently grew every single year by 25 to 30%. And this is when I knew our systems were good. And I, we knew what we were doing because when the market started correcting itself, the veterans mm -hmm. no longer needed us. And so right. uh, I can remember in a matter of like 14 days, 350 units walked out the door. Like agents doing wow. 100 units, 70 units. And <clears throat> that was when I was, uh, I think it was like, I'd only been a year and a half into running the, running the team. And I was like, holy crap, like this is a, this is going to be a huge growth spurt for me. And we still ended up growing by 25, 30% and replacing all that. So that's when I knew our personal development, our systems and, 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 and everything was predictable. And this team was no longer built around one agent, one person right. or anything like that. Yeah. I think that's, that is the, that should be the goal for every team leader that's out there. I mean, they, they don't understand that the, the predictability of building a business is absolutely key for them to be able to exit out of the business at some point. Right. You know, that said, there are a lot of team leaders that don't want to exit out. They want to continue to sell and that's totally fine. But, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you want to have a predictable business, like you said, it, you've got to have really great dialed in systems and process. And, you know, this is something that I harp on quite a bit. And I know, um, you know, you know, you've talked about this quite a bit as well is that, uh, you know, agents will, will say, well, I, what system are you using or what CRM are you using? And it's like, no, no, like, why don't you break down your business and, and get an understanding as to what it is that you actually do? 
and, and what you need, right? It's, it's leads. So what do you need to operate? You need leads, you need money, right? You need exposure, you know, you need a website, you need a, you need a CRM that you're actually going to use. You need mm -hmm. a phone, right? That works. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, all you really need to do is, is pick up the phone and, and well, call well, people. Man. You're, miss, you're missing one key element with all this. Sure. I've, co I've coached hundreds, probably thousands of ISAs, hundreds of of uh, owners and team leaders in this very specific category, you have to have a skill set, and you could outsource, you know, training and, and all this other all this other stuff. But if you've never picked up the phone and prospected, and you don't know how to convert, and you don't have a skill set, then there's not going to be any watermark or any benchmark other than um, some scripts and dialogue and how to track, you know, valid conversations to conversions and and all that fun stuff. You know, <clears throat> Gerbic and I talk about this all the time. You know, he retired when he sold his equity piece in this other company and I got him back on this new journey with me. And, mm. you know, we both have been able to coach people from 150 units up to 500 and they plateau, both of us. And, you know, and, and if you didn't have that marketing and advertising piece to go with the backend uh, conversion strategy piece to get to a thousand, you can't, you can't do one without the other. And, and right. And a lot of people miss that part of it. And the best way I can put this, I even told somebody on a coaching call or she's an agent on her team or whatever. I was coaching her. She's just trying to outsource everything and outsourcing is cool, but you can't delegate your pushups. Like if I want, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm in really good shape right now versus when I sold my equity piece in that, this company we're talking about and I'm like really healthy right now. And I had to put a lot of hard work and to get to where I'm at and I couldn't outsource that piece of it. Right? right. And so there's just some things that you can't outsource. And, and, and so, you know, yes, you need a phone. Yes. You need a CRM. Yes. You need money. Yes. You need to know how to market, but if you don't know how or have the skill set to be able to convert or influence people or articulate what makes you different, then you're, you're going to, you're, you're going to struggle. Yeah, that's right. It's just, they're all they are then is tools in the toolbox right? Without, without, like I come from a trades background. So if I've got a bunch of tools in my toolbox and I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> right? I, I mean, I was just talking to this with uh, one of my agents just yesterday about this. <clears throat> you know, I have certain people growing faster in my network. I, I referenced a guy out of Missouri, been with me a little over a year, went from 200 closings to 500. And then I got other team leaders, owners that are just doing exactly what they've been doing because they're doing the same exact thing over and over again. And, and you know, I was telling this guy, I was like, if you owned a mechanic shop and you're a scrappy startup mechanic shop, a mechanic, you know, hole in the wall place, and you don't know how to use a wrench or you're never picking the wrench up, you're probably not going to you know, be in business for too much longer as a mechanic. If you don't learn how to become a technician, um, you know, I'm really good at converting internet leads and conversion strategies. And that's because I've lived it. Like I used to, when I was in the call center building this stuff, I would record all of my calls during the day and then working as ISA, then I'd go out and show houses, convert my business, right. Or whatever on the field stuff. And then I would come back home and I'd be tired, not wanting, you know, to do it. I'd want to watch TV. And what I would go back and listen to every single one of my calls and I'd be like, oh, I sound like crap, or oh, I could have pivoted there, or I, oh, this is where I could have used our love it or leave it guarantee, or oh, this is where I could have plugged the home buyer advantage program, or oh, this is where I could have talked about our 89 different, uh, 89 uh, point market strategy, or all types of different things. And so, and, and started really honing in intros, structure of calls, and optimized closing formulas, and all these different things. And so, um, that, that is one thing that nobody can ever take away from me is because I put the time in to hone that skill set, and that's how I can teach others how to do it. And so uh, well, it's I reviewing think, the game tape, right? Yeah. It's like, I, you're, you're a chiefs fan. I'm a Packers yeah. fan, right? right? You know, Mahomes, Rogers, they don't get as good as they are without going right. back into the, into the locker room or into, you know, right. into the, into the stadium to review yeah. game tape on, on their off days, man. I right. mean, anybody that's good at what they do is, is going to review. Right. They're going to review what they've done, redo, review what they did and, and, you know, figure out how to get better. Right. Look, it's, it's continual sharpening of the ax. It's a con, it's a contact sport. Um, you know, nobody's, I mean, Gerbic was the best at making the phone ring with radio and, sure. and, and he was more inbound. I was more outbound. Right. Um, there's not too many people that can do what Gerbic, uh, did and so if you're going to pay for marketing you better get really good at influencing other people and, and being very proactive 
within this contact sport where you're probably not going to last, you know, too, too much longer, um, and, and help other people solve real problems. I mean, that's what, it, that's what it's all about. I mean, I, I mean, we had a 50 agents to the team in the last 30 days and I was on a attraction coaching call. Um, I don't know, at one, one o'clock today. And I had people asking me how, you know, I added 700 agents in two years, or we added 50 agents in 30 days. Um, and you know, some other people are just adding, you know, like 40 agents a year or whatever. And, and I just told them like, you know, I've really got in and had to solve real problems in my own business. I've had to hop in and solve real problems in other people's business. And, and, and it, the more problems you solve, solve, the more people are going to be attracted to whatever opportunity that, that you have. Um, right. And the easiest way to attract other agents is to run a good, healthy real estate business. I can remember when I thought I was super cool sell, selling 70 to 130 houses a month. Right now I'm selling a hundred a week. And, right. and it's like, I'm even trying to up my game from that. How many more people can, you know, can, can I help hone in some of these systems and get them to develop the skill set to be able to build a good business. And that's what people is, that are going to be attracted to. Right. So fast forward after 2015, when did, yeah. uh, did you stay with, with select homes yeah. after Gerbic sold? Yep. Is that what so, happened? Yeah. So I had an opportunity to pick up his equity piece for millions of dollars. Um, it was a big deal. Um, me and a couple other partners and, um, another gentleman ended up picking up the equity piece and works with us for about a year to get a deal done with us. And I already had said no to EXP for about a year and a half, but I was ranked ninth to 12th in the nation. And I kept looking for tech tools to expand. And I kept going back to the company I'm at now. And I was like, there's no way in hell. Uh, we were generating four and a half million dollars in GCI. Our average sales price is only 150,000. But, you know, wow. we were keeping close to a million. So I was like, there's no way we can build it. We can buy something like this. And then there was about 1,200 agents with this company. I just kept watching it grow. And then uh, I quickly learned that this wasn't about selling more houses if I was wanting to scale. And I had more people wanting to get in business with me than we could execute on. Because uh, we were opening about one office a year. It was costing about $50,000 for the partner or us, whoever was putting up the money. And then it taking about a year to get that money back and to really, you know, get that office off the ground. So I just felt like there had to be a better way to fuel the lifestyle that I was looking for. Gerbic had been gone about a year um, and I elected not to pick up the equity piece. I talk about it at our mastermind. It was worth about $8.7 million. Um, and wow. uh, then once I elected not to buy it, uh, that's when I had to make, make a decision. Like, you right. know, cause I'm going to take something I've built with five to seven people. And in 2013, when I took over, I also was grant, got granted ownership. So I'd own, a small piece of equity in this. I built it up from five to seven people. I was going to mm -hmm. flip it to where I'm at now and, um, and be powered by all the tech tools because I believed in it. And I had a couple other partners that didn't want to, to, to go that route. And so I was running it. I was the face of it. They were still working in the field. I was working with the expansion partners, the marketing team, the call center, the coaches, the team leads, the agents. Um, and so I had to go through a grueling decision uh, for, 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 to protect my future and to be in alignment with where I think the industry is going. And, right. and uh, I had to make a decision that if they didn't want to go, then I had to, to, to actually sell my equity piece. And at the time right. it was uh, worth, uh, you know, right around 385, $400,000. I thought I would have got a check and said, thank you for what you've done here. And they would have carried the torch and, and moved on. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it's when you know that, business is business. And it don't matter how long you guys have all known each other or grew up together, or families know each other, then, you know, lawyers get involved in a bunch of other stuff. And I had real non-competes and, and all that stuff. And so I ended up uh, selling my equity piece uh, that was valued at that amount that I just told you for, for $2 to get the transaction done. I bought out my non-compete and non-solicit nationally. Uh, and then the lowest I could buy down uh, Wichita was a year. So I couldn't work my own hometown for a year. Uh, couldn't rebuild here. Couldn't do anything. Um, and so I launched uh, with this new uh, with this new endeavor that I, that I took on. And what took me nine years to build up to staff, ISA, action coordination, listing coordination, marketing departments, operation, all that stuff uh, took us nine years to build up to 90 agents. I ended up having 90 agents on my team and my network in 90 days. Uh, wow, and man. that wasn't even in my own backyard. Dude, and that must my, feel good. 
Yeah. Well, considering right. what my goal was, my goal was like, if yeah. I could collapse nine years down to one year and have a hundred agents on my team in one year and not even be able to do it in my own backyard, right. then I thought that was a success. And so doing it in yeah. 90 days, 90 agents in 90 days, I had to readjust my goals. I, I was blown away. I had to step back and then I recalibrated because my five-year plan was five, 500 agents. And, 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 you know, I hit, uh, I took six months off last year. Um, and you know, I've, I'm right around my two year mark since I've made the change and I'm at 700 agents, but I did it, um, in about a year and a half physically working. So, and I, so dude, I, I know how tough it is to leave something that you built. Uh, I know how tough it is to, to leave something that you love, that you, that you so fully believed in. And I, and I can only imagine, you know, where your head must've been at, you know, going through that whole thing. So Give me, give me some insight as to what the mentality was like back then, man. Was it, was it, were you beating yourself down? Was it tough? Were you doubting yourself? Like, it was, how did, how did you push through all that stuff? It was, it was probably the hardest thing that I've decision I've done. And it wasn't about the brand that we build. It wasn't about the investment of, you know, the, the leads and all the stuff. It was the people because all the people believed in me, you know, I was running it and I kept telling people I wasn't leaving and different things after Gerbic sold, Gerbic sold. And we've been about a, you know, a year down the road. And I was like, we're going to pick up this equity piece. I was going to do it. And then I was going to flip it TXP. But um, there, you know, when you have a lot of characters involved um, and, and you, you sleep on it and you pray, I mean, it, it was just, it was the right thing for me to do to go through that decision-making process. Um, I did a lot of drinking. I spent a lot of time alone. Um, it was probably a very dark day because we had all the awards. Everybody looked up to us. And even when I sold the coaching company, I had people that now have partnered with me that were number one in their market. And I helped coach them to be number one. And they're like, you're having a midlife crisis. You haven't worked in, in the field in three or four years. You have expansion offices. Like, what is your problem? Um, and my, my wife at the time thought I was crazy. Um, and so I just went through, uh, probably a little bit of depression. I dealt with a lot of uh, anxiety, um, uncertainty. You know, when, when you talk about uh, risk versus reward, I mean, that, that was the, the, yes. the, the, a lot of risk. And to, yeah. to dissolve those relationships that I built with the agents, built with our call center, built with the transactions team, built with, you know, even the partners involved. I mean, it was... <clears throat> It was tough, but I was, you know, at the time, uh, 36 or so, 36. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. I wanted a top 10 real estate team, been bouncing around, you know, right in it and outside of it. And I was like, what I could readjust my goals to top five. Um, but, you know, I'm still going to be 10 years from now, 46, and, and maybe be doing, be doing the same thing. And, uh, and, and so I didn't want to, and so I didn't want to be in the same place five years, 10 years from now. Um, and I really couldn't even get to EXP, you know, quick, quick enough. Uh, you know, I was with my wife from the age of 17, lived together since 18. And I just have a radical growth mindset and our lifestyle was good. I seemed like I was coasting. I was comfortable. Then when I had to double down and make this decision, I resorted back to what I had to do in my early twenties to build an insurance agency. Then I had, then I resorted back to what I did in my late twenties when I got into real estate. And it's just, you have to double down and work day and night. And, you know, people love what I got now and, you know, I'm doing, doing really well now, but, uh, I worked pretty much day and night for nine months once I launched with EXP and I had a two year old at the time. And, you know, my, my wife at the time was just like, you're never going to be content. And I couldn't probably get to EXP, uh, quick enough. I went through a divorce. Um, and then wow. that's why I took the six months off and then I continued to grow when I was off. And that's when I knew this model was different because I've never had a model or a team or ownership in a brokerage where I could step away from longer than a week or two weeks or three weeks. And it didn't sag below what we were normally right. doing or damn near burned to the ground and to right. continue to grow by eight to 9% every month. That's when I knew I was onto something different. And I mean, you've seen me on the internet. I put myself out there. I used to be super overweight. Uh, I didn't know that, you know, I, I was unhealthy. I was doing a lot of drinking. Um, mm. You know, I was coming off uh, also a, a year before that, you know, my uncle, um, had killed himself. And so like, I was just dealing, dealing with a lot, um, and to go through everything that I went through to get to where I'm at today. I mean, it's really, you know, bittersweet. Uh, I would probably do things a little bit differently. I've never been in a multi-million dollar, 
you know, situation where I'm buying something, buying myself out, can't work in my own hometown, or do I bankroll this? And I didn't know, I didn't know that I would have 700 agents in two years. I, I mean, I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't know right. I'd be closing a hundred homes a week right now that I'm paid on, you know, like uh, that's happening right now. I didn't know that I'd be healthy today. I didn't know that everything was going to be okay. So when you're going through that, you're very um, emotional. And, yeah. and, and so that, that, you know, when I speak at our masterminds and I'm like, you know, for the people that are here, you know, witnessing what we have going on at our mastermind, hopefully you're learning a lot. But if you, you know, if you have a chance to, to join us for $149, just do it because I, it cost me right. a lot of relationships, a marriage and, you know, equity worth $400,000 that I built up over a decade to start from scratch to, to get to where I'm at today. So, so man, that was, that was just, uh, that's mind blowing, dude. I had no idea that you were, that, that you went through any of that stuff. It's, it's right. crazy. You, you, you know, you watch somebody online, you think, you know, them, and right. it's right. fuck, dude, you, you, you just you, you held a lot of that stuff back. And, you know, right. um, I'm, I'm super proud of you, dude, how you've been able to come through all of this is mm -hmm. just absolutely mind blowing. It's inspiring. It really right. is. Uh, I know you did. I'm pretty sure you did 75 hard, right? Yeah. 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 So you did the 75 hard program. Was that, was that part of um, your shift in your mindset? Did it help you help pull you through everything or were you kind of no, already I, on the other side of that? And it was something that you just wanted to maybe. I, I would say I was, I was, I was on the back side of it, but okay. I still, um, I mean, just to get personal here, because I really think like real, real estate is a fantastic vehicle, but it takes so much away from us. Like <clears throat> when when I was, I was, I would say I was kind of on the back end of coming out of it. And so I was already dropping weight. I changed my diet. Business was going well, but I still wasn't dealing a hundred percent with um, my divorce. I didn't, you know what I mean? I'd never wanted to push my childhood, you know, friend, friend away. We known each other since fifth grade. So I was still dealing with shame. I still was dealing with guilt. The business was booming. Money was coming in. And mm -hmm. so, um, and you know, my diet was dialed in, but I still was, something was still off. And, uh, right. the guy that I've mentioned out in Missouri or whatever, uh, Matt that closed right under 500 homes, he, I mean, he was needing something to get going. And he was telling me about Andy and this podcast. Right. And I think I was my first trip to Canada. I was you know, speaking up there in Toronto and getting that market going. And, and, uh, and I was like, dude, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. You know, I'm like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And he called me out and he started this group and he started putting all the agents in my network. Cause we all co collaborate and work together. And next thing you know, there's a hundred agents of my, you know, at the time, probably 400 agents in, in my network at that time. And he had a hundred of them in there. A lot of people started it. And so what started out as me getting called out and me at, like saying this shit looks easy and I could probably do it because mm. I was already hitting the yeah. gym. I was already working out, but, yeah. but you can work out all you want and you can eat all the vegetables you want. But if your mindset and, and your spirit and your soul ain't right, not, none of that, nothing, none, none of that really matters. And I didn't, I, and I didn't know what I didn't know until I started the hard 75 process. And so mm. I started the hard 75 process. And I was about 40 days into this and I was like, holy crap, like, uh, the, you know, I'm thinking a little more clear, you know, oh, yeah. when I'm dealing with, you know, being a little stressed out or the weekend comes like, I'm not drinking with my buddies. I'm not, you know, go, you know, just, it just changed my whole mentality with time management. And then also, mm. uh, whenever I would get into my feelings or whatever, like I was still numbing it with alcohol and I didn't know how much I was doing it until I started a hard 75 and I ended up, uh, I mean, my pictures on the internet, you can go find it. Like I'm yeah. sitting in a pool with a beer. I've obviously, you know, lost a lot of weight. If you looked at me from the year before that, but I ended up getting a six pack. I ended up, um, you, you know, I ended up felling it I, and I didn't fell it because, uh, of anything else other than I presented in Canada, uh, ended up having something happen. Didn't get back home till like 10 and I didn't get my second workout in and it was snow on the ground. And, right. and all that stuff. And I think, I, I think I was, cause I've been, I was going back up to Toronto once a month during the hard, uh, 75. And I think I got mm. to day 69 and I didn't get my second workout in before I had to catch my flight at like four in the morning or something like that. And so, right. yeah, and we still all, uh, and I don't know if you follow my director of coaching, Mark Benefield, he's dropped, uh, uh, a lot, like, I mean, pro 
probably like close to 100 pounds and and i inspired wow. him to get going and he's in the healthiest that he's ever been and we've inspired a lot of our network just to be able to live a better lifestyle um and what what i really thought i was entering into just getting called out and just being a team player and thought it would be easy and you know it would have been there was many times i'm like i could cheat and nobody would know but i was like i'm gonna make this a a, a personal mission to yeah. uh to finish and i just it, it just really wasn't what I thought it was with a hard 75. And then when I came out of that hard 75, like I had a huge impact on my business. We were already growing fast, but when I was going to masterminds, I was speaking, my coaching calls, I was showing up with more clarity. I'm already an energetic person and lead with passion mm. anyways, but through, through the middle end of my hard 75, people, like people in my network were like, you're like a totally different person. You're showing up different. You sound different. Uh, I was more connected, you know, spiritually for, for, you know, whatever reason that, I mean, that might sound kind of cheesy if you haven't went through the process of the hard 75 yet, but it it becomes very personal. It really does, man. And, and you know, the, the only person that's going to know is, is the most important person and that's going to be you, right? Yeah. If you cheat, man. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I went through the whole process. There were times that, uh, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. And it's like, fuck, now I, I still got to get my second workout in, right? My wife <laughs> right. would be looking at me going, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, hey, I got to do it, man. Like, there, right. there, I don't have a choice here. I, you know, and she would, like, I would, I was halfway through and she'd say to me, you know, I, I've never seen you as committed to something like this before since, and we've known each other 16 years, right? So I've like, mm -hmm. you know, that was a huge compliment and absolutely, man. It like, it, it just, it absolutely is clarity of mind. It's, it is focus. It is allowing you to get dialed in on the things that you need to get done rather than picking up the phone and, you know, playing block city wars or Roblox or something stupid, you know, you know, just, you know, some sort of mind numbing mind waster sort of thing. And, and then you bring that forward into every aspect of your life. Exactly. I love what you said. You know, your, your business partners are saying, dude, like you're showing up way, way more clear, way more focused, way more energetic right. than I've ever seen you before. And like, that's right. a, such a huge compliment, you know, and you know, you just, you remember the principles that even, you know, you went 69 days, you're never going to forget the principles of what you learned through those 69 days. Right. I mean, they'll still carry forward into today. So. Well, well it's really, it's really a, a lifestyle. We kept the group going. So we're all, cause we, yeah. people were that felt are doing it again, or people were doing it for their second time. Or, you know, somebody like myself, I'm posting when I'm working out or po just trying to, right. you know, keep, keep the habits going because it isn't about just going through it and then sagging back to your old lifestyle or your old habits. It's about sustaining this new lifestyle that, that you're wanting to extract out of it for sure. And I mean, the, the number one thing you hit on that a lot of my team leaders that have families running high power businesses and dealing with a lot of responsibilities, it teaches you time management. And yeah. the time management piece to that is really the discipline piece to it. And, um, and also the, 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 like the point where, where you like negotiate with yourself every day as a leader or try to reprioritize yeah. the urgent stuff versus the prioritized stuff or I'm, I can put stuff off later. Like That's right. you, you can't negotiate with yourself. You have to just do it. <laughs> and, That's right. and, and it creates discipline and the more discipline you create, the more freedom you're going to be able to create for yourself and others. Yeah, man. So we've, we've got a few more minutes here. I, I do want to, I want to talk to you a little bit. You, you mentioned about your growth here with, with, uh, with your new company and, and yep. what you've been able to do in such a short amount of time. Right. You had said, uh, I was involved with a company and I thought we were doing pretty good. You know, in 18 months, we went from nine to 105 agents and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, fully understood what the value proposition was. I was ahead of the, you know, basically, yep. you know, putting out all the content to make the phone ring and, you know, providing that value, leading with that, that uh, extension of the arm of, of it being more value-based than I'm trying to sell you. So, you know, let me know, man, like what, what, what is it that you've done over the course of the last couple of years where you went from, you know, zero to 90 in, in like one month and now you're mm -hmm. like zero to 700 in, mm -hmm. in what is it like two years, something mm -hmm. like that? Like what, mm -hmm. what is it that you've been able to do to attract such high level talent into your network? Right. Well, the first thing is before I was able to attract anyone, I had to have social proof. I mean, and I already had the social proof. And so it goes back to if you can run a good business and show other people how to run it, you're not recruiting, you're attracting. I've never picked up the phone once and called anyone and asked anybody to partner with me. Not right. one person. I have follow-up messages with people. I have, have reached out to a few select people and, and I'm like, hey, I've been working on a project. Would you check it out? 
And uh, for the most part, I've just been able to uh, attract good people. But um, when you're really empowering other people and you're not running it from the top down like the old models, but everybody's on the same playing field and we're all partners and we're in financial alignment together, you know, a lot of people join for for different reasons. Like the same reasons I joined is, is not going to be the same reason some of the other people join. Some people are joining for the co coaching, the partnership. Some people are joining for the, for the tech package to, to lower their costs with their technology. Um, you know, some people are joining for, for the cloud office. Some people are joining for the, to, to build equity or ownership, just like what I told you with, uh, uh, with, with Aflac, like, you know, I was awarded stock by just doing my job. Then when the market crashed, I sold out the stock and it bought me a year where I wasn't forced to a normal job or forced into another opportunity. I was able to take my time and, and figure out where the, the next opportunity was for myself. Right. And, and so it could be the stock, you know, the, the equity to build in a long-term exit strategy, or it could be the business solution tools inside an enterprise to be able to scale up a larger, uh, operation and that's what i needed the tools i was in enterprise to do to, to do what i was you know doing already at select and show other people how to do it and then be in financial alignment without taking you know splits back from these people or having to give up them shares inside of an llc or or any of the old stuff that we've had to do to get deals done or to be able to retain agents and keep them around or like what mike had to do i mean i didn't buy into select homes i've i've worked all that through sweat equity right, right. um and so you know, there, there's tons of different reasons why people join, but at the end of the day, if you can show somebody how to sell houses, you know, you know, what's trending right now is traditional teams. And I believe what I'm building right now is a modern team. That's really going to be the way of the future over the next seven to 10 years. Just like when we were building traditional teams back 10 years ago, um, everybody said the customer's going to uh, su suffer and teams won't work. And how can you build a call center? ISAs won't work. What's trending today? traditional teams and ISAs. I just feel like I'm on the front end uh, of leading edge stuff and, and just building out these new modern teams is going to be the way of the future. Nobody's tied to my P&L, even though I have um, tons of different partners. I've, I've brought in 21, uh, 21 uh, actual partners personally that I've, that I've brought on. And then I brought on a coach because I didn't understand anything about duplication. Duplication is going to be here to stay, not just with EXP, but all the other companies are going to figure it out. We're going to figure out how to scale through, you know, tech and cloud and all that stuff. And, and, you know, we know how to sell houses, but I didn't know duplication. And right now I'm probably on two closing calls every single day, uh, helping people vet out this opportunity. If it's a good fit for them, not a good fit for them. And uh, our agents are following a core process to be able to get deals done with them. Um, and when I look at <clears throat> the, you know, when I look at what I've been tracking, I'm adding anywhere between 50 to some months high end 70 agents a month into the organization uh when i was off that six months and this thing continued to grow without me I, my ego took a big hit because i thought that it was all being done because of me and my efforts right. and energy and leadership and when i just gave it up up for six months just to, to focus on personal life and doing the right thing and, and you know you know recalibrating if you will i continued to grow i was like this has nothing to do with me agents are incentivized right. to build something for themselves right um, and, and so that's when I said, I'm going to start traveling more and sharing this message. And I've been tracking these numbers. And if I go and look at the 50 people that's came into my network or uh, my RevShare uh, team in the last 30 days, 90% of them, I've never talked to um, or didn't do a private Zoom call with them. They wasn't on any of my live presentations. Wow. They never came to my mastermind. And I've never seen a business model that grows by 90% of the effort of others. And they don't feel like they're being taken advantage of or making someone else rich because they're also building something for themselves that no one else can take, uh, take, uh, take away from them, but they still get right. the collaboration, the support and everything else like uh, they, that we would traditionally get with sharing resources in a traditional team, but it's usually only working for one or two people at the top, not for the masses. And this works right. you know, for the masses. And then, you know, it don't matter how hard I work day and night. It's still, I still hover in between uh, 10 to 12% growth and the other 88 to 90% is coming from the, uh, the effort of other agents because I'm showing them how to build good business, how to find um, duplication. There's a technique that um, is called tap rooting. I learned from Brian Carruthers building an empire. As you followed my journey, you've probably seen me in my pictures when I'm at my mastermind building an empire, stuff like that. So I brought in Brian Carruthers. He makes $2 million a year, residual passive income. His background is real estate family built up like seven or eight credentials before they sold off back in the days. And now he's, you know, in, you know, a, a different industry, right? 
And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, I brought him in to coach me and, and help me out. And he taught me this, this technique called tap rooting. I was probably doing two to three closing calls. We're bringing new agents onto the team or network before I brought him in. And uh, then, you know, once I started um, uh, welcoming people to the network, tap rooting their network and their sphere, and, and just all the way, all the different things that he, he's taught me. Now I'm doing two to three a day and my business is, right. is on fire. And I just bought an $80,000 boat at the end of last winter cash. And I named yes, it tap root. I named it tap rooting because I mean, it, it had me yeah. take my five-year goal and I hit it in about a year and a half, two years. Good for you, man. Hey, I, 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 one last question for you, you know, being that you're, you know, you're with a, you're with a cloud-based brokerage. Um, right. Prior to that, you had five locations, uh, yep. you, you know, all bricks and mortar. Right. Um, we're in the middle of this pandemic. There are a lot of bricks and mortar businesses out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every, everybody seems to be transitioning to Zoom. Like, when I, when, when I was with my previous company, I had an office there and, you know, quite honestly, most people just weren't coming into the office. Like if we mm -hmm. saw five people in the mm -hmm. office per day outside of our sales meetings, like mm -hmm. that was a lot. Right. So I, I felt like there was going to be, there was already kind of a transition going more towards online people focused at, at home, utilizing technologies right. like zoom, like, you know, Instagram, like Facebook, you know, different, different technologies. Where are you seeing things go trying to put your bias aside of course if we can do that for just a second where are mm -hmm. you seeing things go man like we're like the next one to two years um coming through this pandemic like where, where are you seeing the bricks and mortar versus the cloud-based you know are do you think we're going to start to see more more bricks and mortar well, shut down i, I don't i don't think we'll ever go goes online i don't think we'll ever go back to the way it was before man i think we were already going down this path dude there's look, you already know how much it cost me. And, you know, my ego was super high, um, mm. you know, 11th in the nation when I pivoted. And so I had to put all that aside to, to really innovate and see into the future. And, you know, our cloud has 500 active employees in it. Every single department is fully functioning and still open 12 hours a day. So we're, mm. I mean, we're, we're fully, we're fully, we're fully open. We're fully functionable. Uh, it's business as usual for us. And it goes back to what I referenced probably like five to seven minutes ago. Mm. I think every single company and brokerage is going to end up going towards this cloud model. And I think, it, and they'll try to figure out some type of financial alignment similar to what, what EXP is doing. It just, it just makes right. sense, man. It just works. And um, you know, you can also build out your team suite so you could, you know, we own the company Verbellum, which is what built our cloud office. And you can create a team suite in there with all your logos, all your stuff, have a hundred offices, private conference rooms. You can have a front desk an office. You can have your whole little office in there as well. And people can come in and out of your office. We're on the go. You know, I think the office is more so ego driven by the owners, dude. We, we were in a little hole in the wall when we built select homes and we took the other um, floor plan and moved our call center over there. And then we opened the West office. Then we, then we went and opened this mega, mega office. And, you know, for here in Wichita, 14, 15 grand a month for rent is a lot, you know, right. and, and yeah. our, our cost of living is low here. We had this right. huge, mega, mega beautiful office and all these offices. And we might have two, three agents at any given time in there. The only time people came in there is when I was back in town and presenting. And even when I wasn't there presenting and it was left to someone else, a team lead, a coach or something like that, because I was on the road with our expansion teams, only half the agents would show up. So once a month, that's the only time it was full. And I just, I just really think that's ego driven by the person, which is not like was us or right. the owners to be able yeah. to have that space to say, look what I've done. Right. That's right. Look, look what I've done. Look what I've built. Look at who we are. This is what we're all about. Yeah. The ego but, of the business. Business business moves faster. And when I was shifting from a buyer's market to a seller's market, um, you couldn't just do buyer consultations in the office that they had to drive 40 minutes to meet you there, whatever the house had already be sold. So like three or four, probably like four years ago, I was coaching our team and my coaching clients on how to do buyer consultations over zoom and then get digital signatures with the buyer agency and then meet them at the property. But you already have a financial game plan. They've already made a commitment to you, but you're not trying to do it at the office or any of that stuff. And so if you're able to do your buyer consultations from your computer in your home or wherever, and you're meeting them at the property and you're closing at the lenders or the uh, titles office, 
I mean, did the listing agents don't need an office. It was more so the buyer agents to meet people, to meet them at the office. And right. just the, we're, we're, everybody's in a, well, not every market, but most markets are in a hyper seller's market. And so it doesn't make yeah. sense to try to ask them, depending on community, come into the office. Nobody wants to sit through a presentation anyways, right? And if you can just knock it out in real life time through Zoom or any other tech, get, you know, still get your agency signed. So there's that mutual agreement with that relationship. And then first time you meet them is at the house. I, I just, I, 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 just, I just really think that, uh, I, just, I just really think that not just our industry is there, you know, EXP laid off 15% of the staff um, from actual EXP. And I've had a lot of people ask me about it. Uh, Glenn moved a majority of those. If they were majority of tech workers, contractors, and different things like that, laid them off from EXP and moved them over to uh, Verbellum's P&L. And then also their, their job descriptions, the P, uh, Verbellum, to start building out that uh, a little more faster and quicker for other industries. Because like everybody's looking at how can I become more virtual and and right. and I really think that not just real estate, all industries are are trending that way, you know. Um, more, man. You know, so it's just not a real estate thing. I really think yeah. it, it's just a, just a different time we're moving into. Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree with you, man, my 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 friend. I'm you know I'm I'm just so so happy that we had this this uh, chance to jump on the call, dude. I'm just so uh, so happy for you and for your success and everything that you've done. Um, before we take this out, um, just hang hang tight. I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to talk to you after we're done. But okay. before we take off, just let everybody know where they can find you online and how they can connect with you. Yeah, just find, look look me up. I run a. Uh, an open Facebook page, just Adam Bailey, send me a message, whatever. If you got questions, I'm, I'm always helping people, whether you're on my team or with the XP or not. I mean, definitely a giver. Um, so if you got questions, hit me up, be more than happy to help. Other than that. So search you out on, search you out on Facebook, on Instagram. Yeah. Facebook. This way, I mean, it's where I'm most active is on Facebook. Okay, cool, man. Well, thank you so much again, my friend. I, I really appreciate it. And we'll, yep. uh, we'll talk to you soon, my man. Yeah. All right. Take care. Yeah.